Hi, everybody. Hi, Marianne. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Drama. Hi, Tanika. Hi, everyone. So, Tanika, what's your drama today? So, today we have some really special guests, and I'm excited that they're going to help me with my drama. So, we're talking about physical fitness and how to get it back and, you know, some questions that we've had from our listeners that we want to ask from professionals. So, today joining us, we have Coach Mark and Coach Lynette from Progressive Athletics in Columbia. Coach Mark is an NASM certified personal trainer and the owner of Progressive Athletics. He has nearly a decade of experience helping people get fit. Coach Lynette is the general manager at Progressive Athletics and is an NSCA certified personal trainer, as well as a precision nutrition certified nutrition coach and has been helping progressive athletics clients reach their goals for the past three years. Their mission is to educate, inspire, and elevate their clients' lives to help them break free of unsustainable fitness habits and empower them to finally take control of their health. That is a mouthful and a, a job full. So welcome, Lynette. Welcome, Mark. Hi. Good to be Thank here. You. Yeah, yeah. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. I know that was a mouthful. Uh, could have could have gone on another 500 words, but try to condense it down, you know, <laughs> you know. So it's so exciting to to meet you guys. And I'm so interested in everything that you have to say. I have fitness as a goal on my vision board this year, just to get healthier and to just be more consistent. So I can't wait to learn more. So tell me, how did you guys get started? All right. Um, Mark, why don't you tell your origin story? Uh Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, from starting from the beginning, you know, I became a personal trainer right after I graduated college, uh, worked the whole big box gym thing all the way down to the small boutique studio thing. Um, after about three years, I decided, uh, hey, I'm young. Uh, I don't have any kids or I'm not married yet. Nothing, no, no responsibilities yet. Let me just go for it. Um, and so I decided to start my own business. I started off with uh, mobile personal training. So I would lug kettlebells to people's houses, uh, train them here in Howard County, get them in shape. Uh, did that for a couple years with my business partner at the time uh, until we could save up enough money to move into a brick and mortar location. And so we moved into the brick and mortar location uh, in the beginning of 2018, January 2018, uh, Progressive Athletics, which you know is right around the corner from Tanika. Uh, so, yeah, we've been there, uh, been there ever since. And then, uh, yeah, we, we do semi-private personal training. Um, and Lynette actually started out as a client. Uh, and Lynette, I'll, you know, I'll kind of let you tell your, your story. I'll, let you, I'll pass the baton to you from there if you want to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, around uh, August 2018, I saw a Facebook ad. Uh, and it was uh, just a silly little ad where they said, come work out with us. So um, I made an appointment and came and talked to Mark. And uh, at that point, I was at a pretty low point in my physical fitness. I was 70 pounds overweight and I had several chronic injuries that had prevented me from exercising. So the weight was really piling on because I couldn't exercise. So um, Mark said, no problem. We can work with you. And it took a lot of faith. And I had my first workout with Tanika. Yep. 
Yeah, I was there at the beginning. Yes, yes. Our first day together. So, um, yeah, I had a lot of success. Um, I lost the 70 pounds and the injuries started getting better and better. And I kept chipping away at it. And then about um, a year and a half into it, Mark says, hey, have you ever thought about being a personal trainer? And I said, actually, yes, I have. So I got my certification and that went really well for a few months. And then I got the idea, well that's not enough. People need more than just exercise. There's more things in their life they need. So then I got more certifications to help people with their, their nutrition and their sleep and their stress and everything else that influences our health. So, and, um, keep, I kept, uh, developing Mark's been mentoring me. So now I'm general manager here and we've really been working together a lot and trying to solve problems for our clients. <laughs> so, that is so fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. And just as a person that was literally there the first day, Lynette has literally changed her body. And I think she'll tell us a little bit more later about how she also changed her life. But physically, she's like half the Lynette I met. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Very different. Very, very different. It's been it's been miraculous. It's been uh I didn't turn over a new leaf. I burned the tree down, planted a new one. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. So, I mean, other than your success story, what are some of the other benefits of joining a gym? Oh, all right. Uh, Mark, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. I mean, the number one thing, the number one benefit to joining a gym is, is community. Um, what I've realized over, you know, the duration of my career as a trainer is that there's a, there's like a, a really, really small percentage of people who can do it on their own, meaning, you know, every, you know, day in and day out, uh, wake up, you know, at 6 a.m., go to the gym, do their workout, have their routine, you know, kind of on their own without any other sort of um, social support. So joining a gym, I think, is really important for, for most of us, uh, majority of people, because you have that so social accountability. Um, it doesn't happen right away. But over time, you make friends, you meet people who are kind of, you know, expecting you to be there because ideally you have some sort of fitness routine, you know, whether it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday before work or, or you know, Tuesday and Thursday after work, whatever your routine ends up being, um, you know, other people have routines as well. And so you end up building, you have, you have a little bit of camaraderie, kind of uh, end up building fitness friendships, so to speak. And I think that that's really important for a lot of people to help keep them consistent. And so, Mark or Lynette, how does Progressive Athletics work? Are you hiring a trainer? What are you paying for when you join the community? All right. I'll go. Okay. So our, our gym is different than most. In fact, I don't know of another gym that does exactly what we do. So like Mark said earlier, we do semi-private training, which means the classes are capped at 10 people. So we keep it small enough to where you get individual attention from the trainer. And we felt that was really important rather than letting the classes get bigger to uh, limit the size because we want people to be able to work out safely and be able to uh, get individual attention, develop relationships with each other. And when the classes get too big, the it's just different. You don't get the one-on-one -on -one attention as much. So we just find that's the sweet spot. Personal training is good, but people like to work out with other people. So we find that's the sweet spot. So you come in and we do, uh, everyone gets their own area of the gym to work out in. So there's no wandering around wondering, where do I stand? What do I do? 
They just walk in, you pick out your, your rack, your area. The trainer walks you through the whole workout. It's pre-planned. So all you have to do is show up. That is the amazing part is we have done all the research and all the person has to do is just the hardest part of a workout is getting in the car and driving to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. just, get your, just get your butt in the door and then we do the rest. Lynette, I thought it was so interesting that you said you had an injury and you went to work out because I think a lot of people think I have an injury, I shouldn't move. And it turns out that it's probably the opposite, right? Absolutely. Yeah. When I first went to Mark, I had actually three injuries. I had an arm that wouldn't fully extend. It was stuck. And then I had a leg, the an old ACL injury. And then I had a hip that was uh, really weak. I couldn't even step out of the car with one foot. I had to swing both feet over and then put both feet on the ground to get out of the car to go see Mark. <laughs> so I couldn't do lunges because it, it was all, all the injuries. So I wasn't sure if he could work with me at the time. I didn't know anything. And I was like, can you work with me? I'm really kind of broken. And he said, yes, we can work with you. So it was just, it was a leap of faith. I didn't know a lot about biomechanics at the time, but it's true. When you exercise, you do strengthen injuries, right? And of course you want to do it safely, but we were able to do that safely. You just start small and keep it in that pain-free zone. And yeah, it did get better. So yes. Uh, that's a big, a big obstacle for a lot of people. They get hurt and they stop working out. Yeah. And, and just to add to what Lynette said, especially uh, like post pandemic, you know, everyone was at home sitting down a lot, a lot more sedentary. Um, we saw like a, a pretty big increase in people who were talking about, you know, typically like lower back type issues um, just from sitting. It's, it's, very common for people who work sedentary jobs, you know, if you're in IT or whatever, you know, you're, you're, uh, your desk all day, um, that sitting down can really lead to a lot of lower back pain. You know, you, you end up with a weak core, underactive glutes, stuff like that. Um, and it's normal for your first instinct to be, oh, I'm hurt. Let me, I, I, let me not do anything. Let me rest. And, you know, Lynette and I, we, we talk about it all the time. There are actually a, a lot of, uh, doctors who will, you know, are old school and say, yeah, yeah just take some time off. And I'm not saying you should definitely listen to your doctor. Okay. Right. You know, I'm not saying don't listen to your doctor, but research is showing more and more clearly that movement exercise, uh, controlled movement, controlled exercise is the best way, uh, especially when it comes to things like, like when you're experiencing lower back pain, because you need to make sure you're strengthening the right muscles and lengthening the right muscles to prevent any sort of back pain, uh, you know, rearing its ugly head in the future. So just wanted to yes. add the sprinkles to the scoop. Yeah, I agree. We have physical therapists and chiropractors working with us that would back that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we know that um, the physical part is a big, big part of losing weight, getting healthy, gaining strength. How does food fit into it? Oh, my goodness. There are books and books and books on this, but uh, food is a great tool. Um, I'm sure you've all heard that, you know, you can't outwork a bad diet. That's going around a lot. It's actually possible to outwork a bad diet, but it's just really, really hard. Most people cannot, like I was able to do it a couple times by training for marathons. I was able to lose weight while eating just terrible. But then as soon as I was done training for the marathon, weight came back right on. So yes, for most people, 
you cannot outwork a bad diet. But um, Marianne was saying before we started, before we hit record that, oh, you have to have such a big calorie deficit, but it doesn't mean we have to starve ourselves. So one of the first things I tell my clients when they're trying to lose weight is, okay, we're not going to restrict. We're going to do addition before subtraction. So we start adding in the food that we actually need. And then naturally the food that you don't need is going to taper off because if you're trying to get your protein and your vegetables first, you're going to get full and there's not a ton of room for all the other things that don't serve you. So it's not like you're actually probably going to be eating more food than you're used to eating food. It's just different food. So yeah, food is a wonderful tool as, um, and you do need help knowing what to eat, but I would say my five minute, uh, tip here is protein, vegetables, hit those first and get educated on what really is a fat and what really is a carb. I'm getting a lot of people coming to me saying, oh yeah, I get my protein by eating almonds or um, I get my protein by eating cheese, but those are actually fats. So we have to know, just look at the package. If it says 10 grams of protein and 18 grams of fat, that food is a fat, not a protein. So, <laughs> yeah. So just, can, yeah, a little education can really empower you to eat better. Yeah. I can vouch for that, Lynette, because I think that in the last like three months, I've gained like 15 pounds eating almonds, just almonds, like mm -hmm. just grabbing them and eating them. And, and they're so high in calorie and you think, oh, I'm eating something healthy. But when you like actually get a calorie counter, you know, you're eating a ton of calories. So yes, very, very good point. Yeah. So go ahead. What, what do you think is a healthy amount of weight to lose in a week? And I know that you guys, you know, maybe talk to us a little bit about like how many times a week you should exercise. Cause that's always something that I'm, that I, that I wonder about. Like my husband goes really hard when, when he exercises, he's like every day he's at the gym. And for me, I feel like I can't go as intense cause I'm going to burn out, but I want the, the, a lot of weight loss. So what's the balance? What, what should we be doing? You want to try this one, Mark? No, actually, I think you should you should handle this because this is this is okay. right up right up your alley. Okay, so first of all, we believe that you should work out every day, <laughs> but we don't believe you should work out hard every day. So movement every day—it's what our bodies are built for. We're built to move every day. We're not built to sit. And a rest day doesn't mean sit on the couch all day. A rest day just means it's less intense. So. Uh, especially the older you get, the more important it is not to miss a day of working out. So um, our rule of thumb for our gym is for every decade that you're old, you should work out that many days a week. So if you're 30 years or older, three days, a week. 40 years or older, four days a week, 50 years, five days a week, 60, six days, and then 70 and up, just keep going, work out every day. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, your systems in your body are breaking down quicker. And when you take days off, it's like uh, you're losing the gains quicker. So you're losing muscle quicker, losing bone quicker. So you have to keep stimulating the body every day to go. But again, not too hard. If you're working at the right level, you can work out every day. So um, you said your husband goes really hard. So um, someone who's a little older, maybe 40 or 50 or 60, Maybe you have one or two days that are really hard and the rest of the days are just like between 60, 80% effort. 
So. That's a really good, good feedback because I always thought, you know, the older you get, you got you to kind of take it easier because you might break something. But it seems like it's the opposite, right? The older you get, the more you have to move because everything starts to hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's going to start breaking down more. The joints, to keep them limber, you need to reach a full range of motion at least once or twice a week. So you need to be squatting deep, lunging, and just doing doing all the movements. You don't have to go super heavy, but heavy is good. Uh, someone, Everyone should lift heavy once or twice a week, at least. So I can yeah. say this for sure. My grandmother, who has passed away since, but she was 94, worked out every single day and called out every single grandchild that didn't work out every single day. That is amazing. And I mean, it worked. It got her to 94 and she was, you know, really, really, really healthy until the very end. And I was so proud of her, but it did not make me work out more. So, you know what? Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll go work out a little bit more That's now. That's amazing. Yeah. The research is mounting that um, working out helps fend off um, not just osteoporosis, but um, also dementia, Alzheimer's, all the degenerative diseases of the brain. And so it's not just for your body. Exercise is very beneficial for the brain. Yeah, it can be tricky um, because when we're like, when we're in our 30s, our 40s, even our 50s, we are, we're, we are generally more concerned with how, with how we look, right? We all want to lose weight. Who doesn't want to lose, lose weight, right? And that, there's nothing wrong with that. that that's a great goal. Uh, but what I found with clients who are in their 60s and 70s, it becomes much more about quality of life, it becomes more of a, more of a priority. Um, and it's not necessarily that uh, exercising every day, although it can help extend your life. It's not like, oh, if I exercise every day, I'm definitely going to live to be 100 years old. You know, we can't guarantee that. But, you know, if you live to be 100 years old and you exercise very regularly, 99 of those 100 years are going to be relatively high quality. You're going to be able to keep up with the grandkids or, you know, if you're living that old, great grandkids or whatever it ends up being, you know, you're going to get the most out of life. And I think that that's something that um, we don't typically give enough attention to, you know, it, it's the, especially the, the fitness industry as a whole, we tend to focus very much on appearance, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. We all want to look good and feel confident. That's okay. But we can't forget about um, the importance of like, the quality of life that you're that you're living. And actually, if we go too far to one, not not to ramble too much here, but if we go too far to one extreme, um, you know, where we're like crash dieting, and we are exercising too hard every day, you know, that also does impact our quality of life, because eventually, we're going to burn out on that sort of thing. And the cycle kind of starts anew. So that's why at Progressive Athletics and, and Lynette and I, we really, really, really emphasize like the sustainability side of things, because not only is it going to uh, allow you to, you know, work out regularly without burning out. But when you do that, like you're not only going to take care of your appearance, but you're also going to set yourself up later in life and have a much higher quality of life because you've, you, you've figured out your rhythm, something that you can stick to. So that actually goes very well into our next question. It seems like that would be a really good indicator. If the scale is not moving as fast as you want it to move, what are some other indications that you're doing well? So like if you have a better quality of life, if you're moving better, if you're feeling better, I think that's one. <laughs> what are some other ways that maybe you can judge that you're gaining the benefits of the exercise that you're doing? 
All right, I'll jump in. First of all, I just realized I didn't, we didn't answer the question. A safe amount of weight to lose per week. For me, I, I would say about a pound or two a week. But when I was losing weight, just for the record, I never lost more than a pound in a week. Everyone else was losing weight faster than me. I was like 0 0.2, 0 0.5, 0 0.2, 0 0.5. It was agonizingly slow. But I think it's better to lose it slower because you know you're not losing muscle. If you're losing more than a couple pounds in a week, you're losing water and muscle. So keep it below two pounds a week. I mean, sometimes when you're first starting out, sometimes you'll lose a whole bunch at the beginning and that's, and that's okay. That's your body making adjustments, but for the long haul, you don't want to be losing more than a couple pounds in a week. So, okay. So back to your question about, um, oh, uh, how else can you judge? Yeah. Measuring progress. Okay. Um, I've had clients that say I had energy all day long today. Like usually I am just toast by 4 PM, but they're able to go all the way to bedtime and be able to tuck their kids in the bed and they, still have energy. So there's energy level, there's emotions, um, and there's um, how your clothes fit, of course, how you feel in your clothes, but not just the size of you fitting in your clothes, it's your posture. So you feel like you're standing better and you, you uh, interact with people differently because you're an exerciser and that changes how you uh, interact with people, how you approach challenges. So you might even talk to people in a different way because now you have the confidence that you've developed from conquering something in the gym, overcoming, you know, personal things with your food or your sleep. So it changes your relationships. So there's a lot of markers of progress that have nothing to do with weight. So how long should you try before you determine that you need to like tweak or pivot you know, how, how do you know this isn't working? And I guess at Progressive Athletics, you would have communication constantly, right? And feedback constantly. So what are some things that you you tell your clients um, that let them know, you know, that things are working or that they need to pivot? Do you want me to go, Mark? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Lynette. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I thought about this. I thought this was a really interesting question. How long do you try something before you decide something needs to change? So I would say... Go for two months with 80% consistency. So a lot of people think they're being consistent when they really are not as consistent as they think they are. So um, what I would do is just pull out a calendar and every day that you uh, get your movement for the day and that you've eaten your three meals and didn't snack between, just put your check on there, the green check in the square. And then every day that you didn't do it, just put like a black circle or whatever, a blue circle. Maybe that's friendlier, right? And then just track how consistent you are. And if 80% of the time you're hitting your targets and after two months, nothing's moving, then you're either measuring something wrong or you need to get another set of eyes looking at what you're doing. Because and what if, Sorry to cut you off. What if 80% of the time you're doing well and then that 20% is like the weekends when you're going out to dinners and eating wine and eating a ton of cheese. Cause that's my problem. Wine. <laughs> the week yes. The weekend eating. <laughs> yeah. The weekend eating can throw off the rest of the week. So yeah. here's the problem with the weekend itis, which is, I call it. The problem is 
people think they, they go Monday through Friday at four. Okay. I've been so good this week. I'm going to celebrate the weekend. So you get in this whole perfectionist attitude the whole week. And then, then you spend two and a half days undoing all of it. But if you are allowing something good on Wednesday or not, I don't want to say something good, but if you're um, 80% consistent all week long and not just waiting till the weekend to binge, you're going to be way, way better off. So um, have a plan for the weekend. Like, okay, yes, I'm going to go out Friday night to a restaurant, but I will allow myself this half a glass of wine and I will allow myself maybe a little cheese, but then the rest of the meal is going to be more protein and vegetables. And then Saturday, got to have those meals planned on Saturday. Meal planning is the foundation of everything. If you've planned your meals and you know what you're going to eat the next Saturday morning and lunch and dinner on Saturday, then you don't end up making these impulsive decisions that happen on the weekend where, oh, oh, let's just order pizza. And then the pizza turns into, oh, let's get some tacos. Oh, let's um, ice cream. You just turn into all these impulsive decisions. But when you've got meals planned, even if the meal plan is we're eating out at Qdoba, at least you have a plan in mind and you're not throwing yourself to your whims. Yeah. So it really does work. <laughs> fail to plan, plan to fail, right? Yeah, yeah. Just come up with a plan. I'm always Googling yourself a lot. Forgive yourself. Yes. I always Google what's the best alcoholic drink, like if you're training or if you're, you're, you know, a person that's really athletic, because I feel like they have a secret formula of what it is that you can drink. That's not as bad. (laughs) I don't know, Mark, what do you say on that one? (laughs) Well, Hey, I'm I'm a craft beer guy. So, uh, you know, I craft beer is, if we're going to put it on a scale of like the best thing, best fitness, uh, alcoholic drink, I don't think craft beer is, no. <laughs> but, uh, that being said, I, I don't, I don't know that that is always the best way to look at it. I think, um, you know, if you, if you enjoy, if red wine is your thing, um, again, you don't necessarily want to get into the mindset of like, Oh, you know, I'm depriving myself too much of, of something that I enjoy. If you enjoy it, enjoy it you know, enjoy it responsibly and, and in moderation. But, um, you know, we're not big fans of, of like kind of demonizing foods or, or specific alcoholic beverages. Everything can be enjoyed as long as it's within moderation. Um, and you're better off, honestly, enjoying it more regularly, again, in moderation than you are kind of doing, you know, like completely cutting it out for as long as you can. And then just kind of the pendulum swing in the other way. Yeah. Know? Yep. Yeah. That's- and you can be strategic about when you when you take in alcohol. If you take it in, if you drink it too close to bedtime, that's going to interrupt your sleep. It's really and then lack of sleep will lead to more bad decisions. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. try to strategically drink whatever it is you're going to enjoy um, less than three hours before bed, if possible. I feel like I just heard day drinking. More, more than three hours, sorry. <laughs> so we're day drinking. <laughs> I know. It's like maybe a glass with dinner and then done, right? We don't want to be continuing to drink more and more and then like a half hour before bed. Well, this will help me sleep, you know. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't help you sleep. It just yeah. helps you pass out. It yeah. helps you fall asleep, yeah, but it doesn't help you. Like, it helps you go unconscious, but it, it interrupts your sleep cycle. So, 
Yeah. Be strategic and, about that. And that's actually a great point uh, that Lynette brings up, like things like drinking or eating too much, like snacking before bed, um, staring, you know, like kind of binge watching a TV show, staring at a screen too close to bed really does impact your deep sleep. Um, and when you don't get enough quality deep sleep, um, it's it's a stressor on your body. And oftentimes, most of us, as a stress relief, we like to we like to snack, we like to eat, right? So if I don't get quality sleep, if I'm not well rested, I'm my body is searching for quick energy, which tends to be carbohydrates. Um, I'm stressed out because I didn't get good quality sleep. I want to make myself feel better. Let me just snack on this, snack on that. You know, let me, uh, you know, ha- uh, I didn't get, I haven't gotten good sleep all day or all week, excuse me, rather. Um, I'm so stressed out. I have this huge project at work. You know, oh, I need a second glass of wine tonight. You know, and it just kind of becomes this like cycle that, you know, eventually we got to kind of like break out. We could do a whole another like podcast on sleep. But, but yeah, sleep is really important. Try your best not to, you know, eat or drink anything too close to bedtime. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about something different, but you're right. We could do a whole nother podcast just on sleep. And just as a shameless plug, but it's not my shameless plug, so it's okay. You guys have a podcast where you share all kinds of tips for sleep and eating healthy and exercise and all kinds of things that people have asked you. So if you want to tell us about that, that'd be great. Yeah. What's yeah. Called, first of all. Yeah. It's called the, the, the Three Peaks Fitness Podcast, uh, Three Peaks Progressive Athletics Fitness Podcast. I know it's a mouthful. Um, but yeah, you, just like you said, Tanika, we, we touch on a variety of topics. We're in a unique position because we interact with clients every day. So oftentimes what we'll do is like, we'll just, you know, while we're training a client, they'll bring something up, an issue that they're having or a question that they have. And it's just like, Hey, let's record a podcast on that. So, uh, yeah, we talk about everything from, from improving your sleep habits, um, you know, what types of foods you should be eating, stress management. Um, it's really like an all encompassing fitness podcast. It's not just, you know, okay, here's, here's the best workout to do. We really try to touch on the other 23 hours of your day that you're not in the gym. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's available on all the, on Spotify, uh, Apple or, uh, uh, Apple podcast, all the, all the places it's available. So, right. yeah, that's great. We're uh, going to check it out. Absolutely. I did want to ask, I do want to ask about lifting weights. I know some of my friends, some people in general, especially female have said, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to be bulky. Is that true? First of all. And second of all, for the, for everyone, this is a question for men and women. Should we incorporate weightlifting into our regular regimen? Mm. Go ahead, Lynette. I know Lynette's chomping at the bit. She's re- <laughs> yes. Okay. So I, when I started at Progressive, I was the body weight champ. Like, nope, I do body weight exercises. I don't lift weights. And it took me a few months before the trainer that was here at the time talked me into doing a weightlifting class. And um, after a few months in there, I got hooked because my injuries improved exponentially when I started doing weight training. It is the best thing in the world for your joints and for your bones and for your mobility. Like it is non-negotiable. You need to do weight training, especially if you're over the age of 30. But each decade you're older, the more you need weight training. So I'm very passionate about this topic because I too was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't, I'm scared. Or, you know, I had all the reasons, yeah. all the reasons. But um, I love it now because there's really given me, um, it is the fountain of youth. 
weight training is the fountain of youth. I will, I belong to a Facebook group called old ladies lift and it's all these women with white hair lifting these crazy barbells. It is a ball. <laughs> it is so fun. So yeah, I highly recommend weightlifting. It is, um, it's a must for your health, yeah. especially and for bone health. Yeah. Bone health. And, and you're not like, you're not going to get bulky. It's really hard. Like you have, you don't just accidentally get bulky. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's pe the people that you see, the women that you see and, and men that you see that are like, you know, really bulky bodybuilder looking like you got to realize like they, like that's their whole life. Like they are in the gym hours a day. Majority of them that you see like on social media and stuff probably maybe are on some sort of performance enhancing drug like their diet, they have someone preparing all their food. They have a very, like, it doesn't happen by accident. You don't accidentally just, you know, start lifting weights. Oh, like, um, look how bulky I am. Um, <laughs> if anything, uh, lifting weights is something that is going to bring out the best in you is going to bring out the, the physique in you that, that you can be most proud of. You know, we all want to look tone. We all want the arms to look good, the shoulders to look good, you know, the, the midsection to look good. And that's what weight training does. So yeah, from like a, from a, a physical standpoint, if that's, that's one of your goals, you, you certainly should be weight training in addition to all the reasons that Lynette was mentioning. Well, Lynette called it the fountain of youth and I've been hunting for it. So I'm going to have to explore. Oh, weight absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> all about staying young, but I do think that weight training is one of the most intimidating things about entering, you know, like a, a, a gym just because if you're a person that's not super athletic, it, it seems very difficult. Um, and the times that I've tried it, which is not, not, not with too many weights, you know, like doing like the 10 pound kind of thing. Um, the form is so important. So how do you guys work on helping your, your customers with, with the form? Because you could be, you know, lifting weights and thinking you're doing something and you're not actually working anything. Would, I learned this just a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, foundations first. So, uh, a lot of people will kind of walk into a gym and maybe if they're not sure what they should be doing, you know, yeah, they'll kind of jump on some machines, uh, which machines are good for like, if you're, if you're a beginner. Um, but ideally if you want to move into the free weight section, which, you know, we're, we're big proponents of, um, start with the basics, start with body weight, right? Like if, if, if you can't do a body weight squat properly, um, then there's no need to do a barbell back squat. There's no need to add weight to it, right? So get the get the foundations in check first. Make sure you can do your body weight squats, your push-ups properly, um, TRX rows, or or even like assisted chin-ups, stuff like that. Just really, really, really basic stuff. Um, I always recommend. Look, like the age we live in, you can go online and look up, you know, proper form for you know a push proper push-up form and get you know a million videos in in a second, right? Uh, or if you're more of like a person who, who, who wants to be kind of coached up, you know, I, just, just get a couple sessions with a trainer, you know, uh, you don't need to be with them long-term, just say, Hey, I want to learn how to do these exercises and learn how to do those exercises properly. Um, but yeah, it can definitely be intimidating, but like any skill that you're going to work towards, um, you know, don't put the cart before the horse, start, start with the basics, right? Body weight movement and then kind of build up from there. I did. So that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lynette, can you say that again? I said, I did know that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so can you guys help us establish consistency? 
how do we, what do you tell our listeners? How can we establish consistency? Just do it, right? Be consistent. (laughs) It's that easy. (laughs) Okay. So that's what a lot of people struggle with is consistency. A lot of people that come to us join the gym because they have not been able to be consistent on their own. So the first thing is to create, to commit to it, like, and make it a priority, make it non-negotiable. Would you give up brushing your teeth? Probably not. That's non-negotiable. You're going to brush your teeth, hopefully at least 99% of the time, right? (laughs) 99 or more. Same thing with your exercise. You need exercise as badly as you need to brush your teeth. It's just a thing that we we need to do to take care of ourselves. So when other demands start to come in, and it's going to happen because people are used to you giving up your workout time to give someone a ride somewhere or do something for somebody or go to a, a meetup or something. But if you start establishing street cred by saying, no, that's when I'm, you don't even have to explain. You can just say, no, I'm not available. But if you want to, you can say, no, that's when I work out. But um, at first they'll be like, but they'll get used to it. They're like, okay, we'll do it another time. It is hard because you feel like you're being selfish, but give yourself permission to do that. You are worth it. Um, We find a lot of parents have a hard time with this because they, they want to put themselves on the back burner and let the kids activities take over. But my philosophy is it's okay if little Johnny does one less school play so that you can have your workout time. (laughs) Johnny will not grow up to hate you because of that. (laughs) So um, yeah, just decide, put yourself, make yourself as important as all the other people in your life. So number one, commit to it. Number two, I would say set up a system that supports that. For instance, if you've committed to a 6 a.m. workout, you need to set up a system so that you can show up for that workout. Reserve the class or make the appointment with a friend to go running, whatever the thing is that you've committed to, and then set out the workout clothes the night before so that all you have to do is roll out of bed, get in the clothes, and walk out the door. You got to get rid of as many barriers as you can because you cannot rely on being in the mood to do it because... 90% of the time, you are not going to be in the mood to do what you've committed to do. So set up, set it up for your future self saying, okay, I know I'm not going to be in the mood to do this. What needs to be in place for in order for me to get over that hurdle, get in the car and go to the gym or to the park or whatever it is that we want to do. So, oh, and then the third thing is be willing to do less than the ideal. So when everything hits the fan, Like I've had this happen. Um, We spend five hours in the ER. Okay. I missed my workout because I had to spend five hours in the ER with a family member. Okay. Now what I'm going to do, I can't get to the gym like I planned to, but maybe I can do squats in the hospital room. I had a client that did that. She had to do squats next to her father's gurney in the hospital because she had to fly across the country and be with him in the hospital. And it was unexpected. She had just signed on with us. And she goes, well, my workout today was five squats in the, in the corner of the hospital room. And you might think, well, that's not going to get you your goals. But it did because it keeps that momentum going and you're keeping a promise to yourself. And when you keep promises to yourself, you set up 
a record, a track record. And when you've got a good tracker record with yourself, you can trust yourself and you build confidence. That's how you get the consistency going. Be willing to do less on the days when you can't do the ideal. I really like that. You can trust yourself. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Maybe I should learn to trust myself. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to develop uh, that street credibility that you need with yourself and with others. So, yeah, that confidence will grow. Okay. Yeah. We, we have a saying, uh, plan, plan for your worst day. Yes. Right? Like, like your, your fitness routine should be like, imagine you have like the craziest week coming up, right? Like, like super busy kids going here, kids going there, this going on at work, this, you know, your husband's got this going on, what, you know, just crazy schedule, right? Like you should plan a fitness routine that could fit into that. If that's just half 30 minutes of walking, like after dinner, then that's what it is. Right. But like, peel back the layers. If, if you can't stay consistent, you're probably trying to do too much, right? So just plan plan for like your your worst day mm-hmm. and then go from there. And the, the momentum will build. It's not going to stay there, right? But but if you're struggling with consistency, just plan for your worst day. Do less. Yeah, I think that's, I agree with Mark that most of the time when people come up with a fitness plan, they're thinking, they're planning for the ideal, so um, I use a barometer system. So the green days is those ideal days when you can lift heavy and do the whole workout and go super hard on everything. And then the yellow days are when it's kind of busy and you don't have time for everything, but you could go maybe sort of heavy on things. I'm talking about stress and time. And then a red day is the day that Mark's talking about where it is, okay, I got to just do the bare minimum. You need to have a plan for all three kinds of days, a plan for when the skies are clear and you can go do all the wonderful ideal things that you want to do for your for your fitness plan, cooking meals from scratch and doing the full way, you know, all the things. Right. But most of us live in yellow days. Most of us will not have very many green days, maybe one in a week, maybe a couple in a month. So the yellow days is where most of us live. And then we got to be ready for some of those red days. That way we can just keep that momentum going. Coach Lynette and Coach Mark, this was so inspiring. I'm always into fitness, but the way that you guys broke it up is is amazing. I wish I was close to you guys because I would join Progressive Athletics right now. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Marianne. <laughs> um, I definitely walked away with just motivation to show up for myself. I loved how you said, you know, just even if you do a little bit, you're doing something for yourself and make time for yourself. So thank you guys. This was great. All right. Awesome. Great. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. We really appreciate you guys. And so, I mean, I guess Marianne is trying to say something when she says, if I lived close, knowing that I live close. <laughs> so what are you trying to say? <laughs> Right. Or get back, get back to progressive athletics. I yeah. think I should. We'll, we we'll have a talk offline about this, but I think you're right. I think it's time. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you're always welcome back, Tanika. And yeah, thank you, thank you, ladies. This was this was awesome. Yeah. Was we appreciate you having us on. Thank you, thank guys. You guys. So your mama's drama. I'm sorry, Marianne. Can you can say that again? I apologize. Oh, I just said, thank you guys. This was not your mama's drama and I'll hand it off to you, Tanika. 
Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here. Um, we ask that you continue to like, share, subscribe. And we have a YouTube channel now. So look us up. Not Your Mama's Drama is on YouTube. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time.